welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the hearts i'm your host israel i'm a guest today super talented super awesome artist i can't get over the song come with it <laughs> shokwe thanks for coming to the sanctuary today thank you so much for having me very excited to be here yeah okay i'm just gonna start with my favorite for now though come with it let's talk about that song what is the story there it's interesting. Come With It is like the song that kind of, I guess, set things off for me, if you would say. Uh, the song is a couple of years old now. So, I mean, it's always kind of like the best kind of song where you're like, in as much as you put out new songs, you're like, check out my new stuff. It's still nice when you have a song that seems to um, stand the test of time. So, Come With It is really a song that was documenting where my mind was at at the time. So not long after that, I had just come out of a four-year on and off relationship that didn't end the way I wanted it to end. Um, and so the song really just came out of a place of vulnerability where I was now in a conversation with another woman and I was pretty much just saying, hey, listen, like, I just came off this thing, you feel me? Uh, I wasn't looking for this other thing, but it kind of popped up. And so if I'm going to commit to this, if I'm going to kind of put myself in this, then I need you to come with it. I need you to come with loyalty. I need you to come with commitment. I need you to love, come with grace, of course, um, come with humility and just come with it. You know what I'm saying? So that maybe we can like make this whole situation work out. And so that was what the record was about. And it did what it did. The song is, you know, crazy. CBC, you won that competition. Um, how was that experience? Uh, that was a phenomenal experience. Like, it's it's a gift that keeps on giving as it were, right? So out of that, so many new opportunities came. So many new relationships came. I've been able to leverage that into other things. And so it was just a really dope experience. Like, I think it was, like, I've toured and I've, Sort of been in different countries, but that was kind of like a whole new kind of situation where I was kind of like officially thrust into the mainstream, if you will. Uh, kind of like one of the first major public stages, you feel me? That was kind of like, yo, the name is now national type situation. Mm. And so it was, uh, it was definitely a cool experience, and I still, still. Still keep eating off of it for lack of a better word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love how that, it, it, to me, that song is a great introduction. Um, the vibe from the song, the beats, the, you know, the lyrics of the song. But I'm a visual person and the video, the visuals for Come With It was also, pff, man, killer. What was the idea behind that? How did you uh, execute on the idea? Um, so the, as with all the music I'm making now, uh, I just wanted to show the beauty of African culture. You feel me? I wanted to show the beauty of our women, uh, in a way that wasn't misogynistic, in a way that wasn't like just making them out as objects. You feel me? And so that's why in the video, there's just heavy Afro prints, dancing, beauty, joy, fun cast against a white backdrop because what i wanted to do was i wanted to like almost create like a um a sharp contrast between the colors and vibrancy of our culture mm. and so it was very important that it kind of be set against a white backdrop because there's that serenity to it but there's also that pop in that contrast you feel me mm. and so it was very important for me to show our african heritage our people having a good time in a way that wasn't uh, objectifying and whatnot so 
and I think we achieved that with the record and the video. For sure, you achieved it. Um, remember, like I heard that song, played it over and over again. <laughs> um, but let's rewind way, way back. Uh, how did you discover this musical talent you have? It was quite by accident. It was honestly quite by accident. Uh, so I was 14 years old at the time, and I had just undergone uh, the very a deeply spiritual experience. Um, and so I was kind of like in a different frame of mind uh, from how I was thinking prior to that. And um, one of the things that was really instrumental during that period of my life was music, like a like specific kind of music that was just speaking deeply to me. Um, the, the genre of music is actually called Christian hip hop, uh, which is a genre that I don't know if many people are aware of. But I just found that the music just came in at a very unique time where this was my first time I heard people who were like lyrically gifted, lyrically skilled. You feel me on par with anybody else, but we're using hip hop not as a means of like glorifying violence or misogyny or whatever, but we're just speaking life and really good things that were building me up as a person. And it was just doing such a work in me that I don't know, I guess I wasn't, they weren't making it as quickly as I was consuming it. So I thought I just had this quite a random idea. Like, I wonder if I can do this thing. because I just love it so much. And there isn't enough of it for me to consume. Mm. Lo and behold, I tried my hands at it. And I was like, oh, snap. I'm actually good at this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Dude, like you came up. I was like, yeah, I just kind of like randomly tried it out. And it's like, no, you're really dope. I was like, oh, didn't know that. And so I just spent the next couple of years kind of like digging into it and Anyone who's a creative will tell you, man, it's kind of like opening up a Pandora box. Once you open it, like that, that ain't going back. You feel me? It's not going back in the box, right? Yes. And so once I kind of tapped into this thing that I didn't know was there up until this point, it was kind of like game over at that point. Like game mm. over to everything else you were trying to do with your life. Mm. <laughs> and so over the years, I just started getting better at it. And then my world expanded and the style of music I wanted to make also began to expand. And ultimately begin to take on this more Afrofusion flavor that's more kind of like mainstream mm. and not necessarily just like for the Christian market. Um, but that's kind of like how it started for me. I started in the Christian industry just out of just randomly wanting to make music that I enjoyed hearing. Mm. And um, the rest is history. And the thing I noticed about you, Shokpe, is that you, you know, you rap, right? Like like in the comedy song, you rap, which uh, lyrics and flow is dope as well. But you also sing. Which one, like, I, I guess, you know, you start with the Christian rap, but, but at what point did you say, okay, I can sing my hooks too, or what happened there? Yeah, it was, um, it, it came a, around me kind of like rediscovering my Niger heritage, so quick history, right? So mm-hmm. I came to Canada and um, kids are kids, kids do stupid things, right? So I spent many years kind of being teased about my Africanness and the poor African kid. Everything you think kids can say to each other, I, I got it all right. Mm-hmm. And so that resulted in me for many years not really valuing my Nigerian heritage, my Nigerian side. And I was quick to assimilate and quick to become just like a Toronto boy, right? Which is why when I started making music, I was making just straight hip hop, just like straight rapping and bars and whatnot. And thankful that's kind of how I cut my teeth in music. But then kind of like internally, I was undergoing this kind of like transformation owing to like many different things were happening in my heart, in my life, and also just looking at the system, looking at the world. Mm-hmm. And I began to realize that, oh, man, like, like you're, there's, there's a big part of you that like you're not tapping into. There's a part of you that you're ignoring that's rich and amazing. 
as I start, as I said, I started tapping into my jazz side once again. Started learning the culture, learning the vibes, learning the language, and I just like, yo, I, it just dawned on me like, yo, this this is beautiful. You feel me? Like this is an integral part of who I am. It's mm. formed the foundation of who I am before anything else. This is how it started for me. Mm. And my music has always been a reflection of where I am at that season of life. I just try to make honest music, and so naturally, as I began to become more Nigeria, if you will, to reconnect more with my Nigeria side, that started to come out into my music. And then, I don't know, just as a creative, I'm like, I'm like let, me, let me try one one or two things here, right? Yeah. And so it's interesting because 2018 was kind of like, 2018, 2017, 2018 was when I first kind of like playing with melody a little bit. Mm. And at that point in time, I put out a project and I tried singing on, one of, on a couple of those songs, Afro Fusion. On those, like on that, on a couple of songs of that album. The album is called XXY, and it's interesting because those are the songs that took off. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And so it was a, it was a fortunate, again, kind of like a, a fortunate accident, but a fortunate incident whereby I was trying to create something new mm. that was also that was creatively new for me, but also true to who I am as a person. You feel mm. me? And up until that point, I had tried kind of like straight crunk hip hop. I had tried jazz hip hop. I had tried straight R&B. I had tried so many different things. Mm-hmm. And I just created this thing that was really true to who I, what I was going to and where my mind was going in the Afrofusion that would blend melody and singing and rap. And that's what the marketplace said, we love the most from you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the best situation you can find yourself in where you, you put a product out there that's not artificial, but it's actually very true to who you are. And then the market confirms that and says, this is what we want to hear from you. You feel mm. me? And so that's kind of how it works for me, where it wasn't like I was just trying to like, I was just forming, I was just trying to do a thing because I just wanted to get a new fun base. I was actually just being true to myself. And the, the nature of like Nigerian music, like you have to incorporate melody more, like one way or another, some way, somehow. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You can't very true, people. very true, yes. <laughs> and I always rap. I still have that rap most of the time. So every now and then I'm just like, oh, well, let me just go to the studio and I just bar out. Just like, just so I can scratch that itch. But by and large, I'm like, oh, I have to incorporate melody somehow. And I love melody. I love listening to melody. I love playing with melodies. I love just thinking in that direction. And so I just try to shout and try to scope and try to expand my sound mm. and expand my brand. And you know what I'm saying? Here we are. Here we are, for real. Um, let's actually talk about the process. So you you say, this is who I am. This is what I do. But what does it work? Do you, do you like get with the beat first? Do you like write the lyrics first? How does it work for you? Generally now, for the most part, I kind of let the beat decide for me, right? So before, uh, maybe I would just like write bars first and then try to put it to music. But now I just find like, the music has a vibe, you know what I'm saying? The music almost has like a feel to it. I and mean, a lot of times the music will tell you where to go. You know what I'm saying? Every now and then as I'm living life or I'm going right there, I just have like a kind of like just a quick little idea or melody or quick little like snippet. And I like, what I'll do is I'll just run to my phone and just record that audio melody or just put those few lines down and then I'll kind of like leave it. So I have a note of like random rhymes that are just like all there or melodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I now get to sit with a beat and I'm trying to create from scratch, I'm like, if the beat isn't necessarily immediately pushing me in a direction, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to reference my, my list of random melodies. I'm not going to say, is there anything here that can 
fit with this. I don't try to force it, but I'm like, is there anything that can fit with this? And if it is, then I'll kind of like put that in and then build from there. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, the music just kind of like, okay, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what's the vibe I'm getting? What's the energy I'm getting? What's the feel I'm getting from this music? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you make your own beats or? I started playing around with making beats, but for the most part, I like in terms of, I, I'm more executive produce where I work with producers. I'm like, I just take this away. Um, but, and I've played around with producing on my own, but I haven't mm-hmm. produced, like fully produced anything that I've been on. I've been more like executive produced. Yeah. Let's talk about that though. Cause you know, you have a certain vibe, you have a certain flow, you have a certain, musical uh, quality or tone that you want to hear. And there are so many talented producers out there. How do you pick which ones you work with? Man, it's... <laughs> that's actually tough, right? Uh, I have some people who I've been working with for years, so they uh, kind of always get first dibs kind of thing. And if I need something, I just like, yo, do you have anything lying around? Or can you create something in this? Um, I'm, also, I'm also kind of fortunate as well where... Um, I guess owing to my success thus far, people are sending me stuff all the time. So I literally have like a folder of like, almost like, <laughs> like 50 beats that I need to get to. And I've been telling them, oh my bros, I beg, man, forgive me, forgive me, I'm getting to the song. I've like, got like so many songs. Right. So I'm like, yo, I like this, I like this, I like this. I beg, don't give this to anybody else. <laughs> and then like one month later, you're like, all right, I'm ready. Like, where's this song? And I'm like, shoot, man, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm get to like the other 49. So right. it really comes down to, I think a good producer um, will study the artist, listen to their music, and get a sense for what their sound is. You know what I'm mm. saying? And so for me, I'm very open to working with anyone. The question is, like, are you creating something that just fits my style? You feel, my, like, you feel what I'm saying? And if you want to know what my style is, just listen to my music. Mm. Um, and are you also easy to work with? You know what I'm saying? Are you cool to work with? If you're, oh, I need this, and that, and that, and that, and that, and then it's just not going to work because so much of this industry is flexibility and whatnot right and so i ultimately decide who to work with by like is there a working chemistry there are you cool peoples and if you are then yeah let's definitely get it in and then i just try to write songs efficiently Hmm. yeah no so uh we'll jump back to the music but i guess kind of in the same realm congrats on winning the socan's uh black canadian music awards um how did that happen and how's it been so far that's like that was amazing man because it's again it's like it's another national stage you get what i'm saying and i'm always so grateful for these things because everybody has a fair measure of self-doubt and fear and imposter syndrome you know what i'm saying like especially as a creative man it's such a such an interesting feel because you, you literally go through these peaks and valleys consistently and it's not a great way to live but it just comes with, with the territory mm. you're like yo i'm fire man i'm the best in the world nobody can do this like i do it and the next year you're like oh my god i'm complete crap <laughs> right, yes. i'm garbage i need to quit yes. i've lost a gift yes, <laughs> you know yes, yes yes and we all go through it mm. uh, and we still we keep trying to we still keep trying to push but what's interesting is that things like like the SoCan and the SiriusXM thing, what they do is just it just kind of gives you that additional external confirmation, which 
you try not to depend on because then that can become very like draining on your mental health you're constantly waiting on other people to affirm you mm. so that said like in as much as you do need a measure of like internal fortitude and like ah got this i'm gonna do it it's still very nice to get that external affirmation where people in the industry they're not your friends they're not your mom they're not your auntie you know i'm saying they owe you nothing mm-hmm. on an objective level can listen to your music Compare it to the marketplace of all of the top tier, like top level performers and say like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You have a seat at the table. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You're in the as it were. I'm like, come on. I already knew that. I already knew that I'm as dope as all these guys right here. All these guys and girls. Thank you for agreeing with me. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what it does. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, I'm on the right path. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing the right thing. I made the right choice. Mm. So let's just keep going. Let's just stay consistent with it. Man, and 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 that's the thing again. Um, being an artist or creative these days, social media is really important. How do you approach it? Omar, I'll be very honest with you. I hate social media. <laughs> I hate it. Man. I hate it. Like, I'm not even gonna like front. I do it because it's part of the job. But I right. Like, you know what I'm saying so. Like, there are people. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I don't like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the way I think about it is this, right? There is the doing of the thing. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that thing is, whatever your job is, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's making music, whether it's being an architect, being an engineer, being an interior designer, being a news anchor, having conversations with people, like whatever your thing, whatever your job is, there is that thing. Mm-hmm. What social media has now done is that social media has now created an additional whole other career, a whole other career that you now have to attach on top of the actual doing of the thing. Yes. What's the other career? Content creation. Right. Now, it's not just enough for me to go and build that house, which already takes all of my attention and all of my focus. Now I have to create the documentary about how I built that house. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> now, I don't just have to worry about finding the right producers and working with great songwriters. You know, I'm sitting creating great songs and then sourcing out a good uh, videographer and then creating a masterful video and then putting out the product in the marketplace. It's not enough for me to just make the music and videos or the clothing anymore to source out the right manufacturers and the right shipping and the right put the right. Now, I have to document how I did all of this stuff I know. Like, you feel me? It's like. It's like a career on top of another career. And I'm like, man, I'm tired. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, granted, there are people who excel at that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I can do it. Like, I can do it if I have to. I just don't like doing it. Mm. And I have no problem saying that now. You know what I'm saying? I, for a while, I felt, I feel as if I say that, like, people won't follow me or people won't like me anymore. But I'm like, honestly, I prefer to do the thing. If I had a choice, I would focus on making the music, mm. making the making the videos like the bombest ass things in the world and i could care less about documenting on that process mm. however i have to do it now so i'm doing it you know what i'm saying what i would love would be to grow the brand grow everything to a level where i can just have somebody follow me around everything i'd be like when you have this is your girl <laughs> I'll give my inputs for free. Yeah, but you know what? I got to say, with the trajectory you are going, I don't see that taking too long to happen. Because, in fact, at the back of my mind, I thought you had someone that was taking care of that. So finding out that... 
yeah, finding out that you're doing that yourself is actually and still creating the amazing uh right. body of work you create. It's mind blowing. I can't even imagine it. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the last two years. Um, COVID. You're an artist, and you know you make your music. It's it's going to concerts, it's the shows that adds to your, you know, income and stuff. Yeah. How was that? How did you handle COVID in the last two years? I was <laughs> it's been it's been it's been interesting, like good, but also kind of challenging, right? So the first year of COVID was kind of okay because I had some things secured in the back. Thankfully, before the world shut down, I had some commitments, just like on the the financial level, you feel me? I definitely did take some losses. Everybody did because some shows were canceled. But it was also good because I had already secured some things that even when the world shut down, kind of came in later on. So I was like, ah, okay. You mean I'm still making this money? I don't actually have to go and leave my house. Okay, that's good. That's fine. (laughs) I missed the engagement part. I missed the interaction. And I missed the, like the live show, and I did a few like live shows here and there, but it's just not the same. Not live mm. shows, shows, virtual shows, but it's just it's not the same because you feed off the people's energy, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I missed that part. Um, the parts that I missed, and put it this way, the parts that I missed were like the physical engagement of interacting with fans, face to face, body mm. language, energy type level. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of getting in the studio with other creatives, I mean, I haven't been in a studio with another creative in damn near two years. Bro. Yeah, and that's crazy. You feel me? Like, so a lot of my creating has had to be done virtually. You know what I'm saying? So I'm recording myself now, and I'll send the files over for somebody to mix, or I'll write on my own, and all that stuff is like the upside of all that stuff that it's trained me to be more self-sufficient and more efficient in certain things. Mm-hmm. But the downside, the drawback of that is that creativity is a little harder because like, yes, I'm coming up with all this stuff on my own, but it's just different when you're, when you're in the room with other creators, you're going to bounce out of ideas, right? And it's just, there's been tangible quality to physical presence. Mm-hmm. I think humans were designed to, to experience. You feel me? That the, the mediation of a screen doesn't quite capture, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because the upside of the whole pandemic was that I've become kind of like more efficient uh, at certain things, a little, a little more self-sustaining, self-sufficient in other things. So I said efficient, a little more self-sufficient as well. Um, it's opened up my eyes to other ways of generating revenue that don't involve me leaving my house. You feel me? So those are the good sides, right? Yeah. And the downsides are like my creativity has kind of suffered a little bit because I love creating with other people. Mm. Um, mentally, it was also really taxing. Mm. Filming all the time, especially in a climate as cold as Canada, that was also kind of like just difficult on mental health. And it was actually appeared during these last two years where I actually suffered burnout. Mm. And I, well, I was very close to suffering burnout, and so I took like a good two months off. Mm. Uh, so that was also very challenging. Um, and then, so it's kind of like it's it's kind of like been a a bit of both because I try to adapt to take new lessons, but then like inadvertently everybody suffers in some way, shape or form. Yeah, no, it's been just so difficult, but I gotta say, um, I was just going through your YouTube 
uh all of Chopin. And um I loved the performance you did for the Mastercard Foundation. Thank how you. did you prep for that and how was the event for you? Right. Um well there was a whole team, right? There was a whole team there. And so it was it was me, DJ, uh live front of house, and a couple of video guys. So I mean, preparing for that just involves me going through my, like, just speaking with the team, asking them what they wanted, and then going back and putting together a set list that I think worked. Um, I'm happy people enjoy the show, right? I, they, they definitely enjoy the show, and anyone who watched the footage has also enjoyed it. Uh, as an artist, you're, you're your own biggest critic, right? <laughs> and so I see things that I'm like, man, I know I could have done that better. But that comes as a result of, like, not having performed as frequently over the last two years. Like anyone mm. who performed probably, like, it actually takes physical conditioning and vocal conditioning in order to be able to perform at an optimal level where you're not running out of breath, where you're not losing your voice. It's, 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 it's a workout. It's a routine. It's a muscle like, work, like working out. Mm. And I just haven't exercised that as much over the last two years. You feel mm. me? And so I look at it, I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad everyone is enjoying it for me, Sha. I'm going to give my <laughs> that, like I'm running. And I'm kind of performing. That's one of the ways I prefer for shows, right? I go out on treadmill or I'm running and um, I'm kind of performing my songs at the same time. Mm. And so it was good. I'm glad they enjoyed it. Um, And I would love to start doing more live shows again, but I have to like get back in shape. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm not sure what's going on in Toronto, but things are opening up here in, in the East Coast and you know people are having events and not that covid is 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 gone but life has kind of opened is it the same over there and are you looking um forward to doing some shows yeah so interestingly i mean i'm I'm not even in toronto right now oh wow where are you (laughs) i'm in atlanta right now but (laughs) i'm in atlanta but what i do know of the city is that the city is opening up um how long it'll remain that way is anybody's ah. guess is what I'll say. Mm. So I'm glad the city's opening up. Um, and I think people are slowly starting to get back to events. Um, it all depends on like individual promoters and people's comfort levels. It definitely isn't roaring back like it was before, mm-hmm. but there are a few events here and there, but there's still like virtual events happening, which is kind of interesting. Because everything's mm. open, but so choosing to have virtual events. So, um, I don't think it's completely life back to normal. I, I don't think there's ever going to be a normal again. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, like, things definitely haven't picked up as much as they were before. Yeah. Time will tell to see if, in fact, it does get back to that level mm. or close to that level. Mm. And if it does, and there's an opportunity for me to perform in the city, then and I can do it, I can make it, then, of course, I'd love to be a part of that. I miss, I miss, man. I miss performing for people. Mm. Like I missed the live show, bro. Like it's yeah. so different. It's it so is. different. It is. Just yeah. you miss that, like you said, that connection you have with the crowd. You know. Yeah, like it, it's 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 an intangible thing. You feed off their energy. You feed off your energy, and you just go in. Mm. But uh, are you working on a project? Is that why you're in Atlanta now? Uh, yeah, of course. I'm always working on a project. Uh, yeah, I'm in Atlanta to meet new people, have new conversations, and grow the whole thing. 
That's as much as I can say right now. But right, <laughs> yes, no. I, but, but can you give yeah. us like, uh, should we expect something in X number of months or? It's a yeah, new so album I, coming up or something I, I, you can share. I'm working on a project. I'm working on an EP. I won't say that much. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the songs are complete. It's just a matter of if I want to add more songs to it. It's it's mm-hmm. a short EP, but I'm contemplating adding more songs. I'm just I'm still fiddling around with it, right? They always mm-hmm. say like, I like that. no project is ever complete. You just decide to stop working on it. <laughs> No, I was actually going to ask you that at what point you say, okay, it's done now. <laughs> there is no hard and fast for it. It's just like, how am I feeling? Yeah. Like, okay, this song is good. This song, this one's good again. Do I want to add more? Do I want to take some away? Mm. And at some point, you're like, okay, like it's, I have to stop working on this because mm. it's, it's so subjective, right? There's no. It's not like, again, it's not like building a house where we have a foundation, we have windows, we have those rounds. If you actually have a checklist of things, you say all these things are done great. It's like creativity is this amorphous, undefined thing that you don't really know when you're done until you know you feel it, right? Mm. And so it's kind of like that where I am working on new music, of course, new videos as well, uh, and new projects that kind of like mix music, fashion, and Web3. I don't know if you know Web3. That's like NFTs and crypto yep. like that for the world. So um, stay busy and stay active. And I'm working on these different things. And I anticipate that I, the project should... I want to put the project out before the year is done. Okay. I want okay. To before done. So, so at least we have a couple months to wait for the next Shockware projects. Let's talk yeah. about... That's, see. That's you're going to see things coming from me. Like, ah. And that's the thing with, Either you're going to see two things like official release, but as much as I also said I hate social media, I also recognize it is what it is. So you're going to get content from me on that front as well. Mm. So there's a lot of content on the social media front that may tease new songs and may tease incomplete songs, and there will also be official releases as well. So the best way is just to stay connected and to follow me on socials. Makes, makes total sense. But talking about content, Let's talk about crew, <clears throat> cultural rich world. What? How did that come about? I freaking love the shirt. Let's talk about it. <clears throat> Thanks, man. Um, this is this is the crew neck, uh, and we have a few other pieces that haven't officially launched yet. Uh, one of them is going to be launched by middle of April. It's a scarf. It's a silk scarf. Uh, it's a luxury silk scarf. And then we've got t-shirts and more things coming. So. Thankfully, with music, I've been able to achieve some cool things. Mm. Um, and I continue to work hard on my career and building things up. But I mean, at some point in time, I was like, oh, more like I have to do something beyond just me. You feel me? I have to stand for something beyond just go listen to my music because it's dope. So it's, it spent many, I spent many years trying to figure out, like, what do I stand for? What, what do I hold most important to me? And I, I realized that the people who make the most impact the people who solve problems for other people, right? Mm. And how do you solve problems for other people? A lot of times you solve problems for other people by solving the problem for yourself. So you say like, what is that one thing? And then you realize, actually, I'm not alone in this. You're people who would benefit from this. So that's a long way of saying for me, one of the major things, one of the major themes of my life over the last couple of years has been reconciling my Niger side with my North American side, with my Western side, bridging the two together, right? Mm-hmm. And acknowledging that both of them have played such an important role in my development as a man, 
as an artist, as a human being. Mm. Um, and trying to figure out like, what does it mean to be an African in the diaspora? What does it mean to be a person of color? How do I reconcile these two things? And out of that birth crew, out of that mm. birth culture, which world, where uh, the big vision of the company is to build bridges between cultures, right? So the, the I guess the, the branding vision is to, to promote the sharing of culture between people, which just really just means like bridging cultures, like mm-hmm. African Eastern culture, right? And then flowing out of that is a mission to elevate, to amplify the voices of those in the African diaspora. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I stand for. Through my music, through the clothing that we're making, what we're going to be doing, we're going to be seeking to elevate the, the voices, to elevate the stories, to elevate the experiences of those people in the diaspora. Mm-hmm. And the reason that's important is because we're everywhere. Not that only is very true. <laughs> that is very true. Everywhere we have contributed far more than we get credit for. You know what I'm saying? Um, one of the things I, I believe I like to say is that Africa has contributed so too much to, de- to the development of the world to remain developing. Like that doesn't make any sense for me how Africa is still considered a developing continent when we've mm-hmm. actually developed other continents. You feel me? And so I think we need a seat at the table. And so I'm starting there. I'm starting with us in terms of okay, how do we share our experiences? How do we elevate our experiences in a way that is approachable, in a way that is, for lack of a better word, defined is not the last, is not the right word, but in a way that is just like an elevated experience, you feel me? So cultural rich world is kind of like the overall banner under which everything I do now. So the music is come is branded under culture rich world. The clothing is under culture rich world. And there are going to be other activations that are all going to be branded under culture rich world because the idea is just to build bridges between cultures and to elevate our stories. And we're mm. going to do that through fire music. We're going to do that through fire fashion that is... Um, mass market that's mass marketable you know what i'm saying so for example one of the things i didn't want to, i did not want to do with a clothing brand was do afro prints no shot at afro prints i wear afro prints that's amazing but i'm like that's too on the nose i want to create something that's like speaks to the core of the essence you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but it's also kind of like broadly adaptable for me and so you're going to see the designs kind of play on this thing of like having uh, uh, an African or a black aesthetic in spirit, but is very kind of like elevated and um, marketable across different different sectors of the demographic. So that's a long winded way of saying like that's what culture rich world is. It's really a music and a fashion house with a big vision. Um, and it just came out of my own personal experience of saying like if if I've had this much challenge and think this much about how to reconcile both parts of my cultural identity. I know there are other people out there, but I'm not the only African in the diaspora. So how about we begin to tell their stories? How about we begin to highlight these experiences and give people a voice? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I've I've spent some time on the website. It's great. The stories there are amazing. The people that you've profiled. How do you get those people? Just reach out to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do a lot of no, we just do a lot of a lot of sleuthing on Instagram, on the internet. Like we know the kind of people we're trying to highlight. We're trying to highlight people who are themselves from like diverse backgrounds. You feel me? Again, initially we started with people who are African and something else, but that's not to say we're only going to do that. We're going to also highlight people who just are blended different cultures because it's a culture rich world, right? Yeah. Um, yes. And we just kind of like 
who look for these type of people who fit the demographic, we explore their kind of like their online personality. And if there's mm. something in there that we get us, maybe like we'll even love to like chat with you. Hey, um, I'm open. <laughs> actually phenomenal as I think about it now. Um, if we think there's something, everybody has something interesting about the story, but basically if we see something that we like that appeals to us, we're like, yeah, I think this is a story worth telling, right? Mm. And then we'll, 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 we'll amplify that. And one of the things, I should even say this right now, one of the things that I'm, we're now going to be doing secondarily, in addition to that, is that um, you see how on the website it's these stories from the culture of different people. Every now and then, I'm personally going to find a couple of those people and then kind of like go more in depth with them where my person, like me and the other person will get on like an interview like this, maybe it's an IG Live or something. Mm. And they just have that conversation because there are these stories which I'm like, I can't capture everything in this, like, we can't capture everything in this, like, article format and these questions, but mm-hmm. there's a lot here that we can, we can kind of tease out, right? And yes. I'm really excited to certain people's stories. So the next iteration of stories from the culture, mm. as that continues, will be to now, like, take that the next step further and begin to have live dialogue with some of these people, which I'm really excited for. And we're going to hopefully launch that um, in, the, like, in the coming months. Okay, I'm. I'm not. I'm. I have. It's so many things to talk about cultural ritual. Well, one thing I need to touch on is the design on the shirt. I can't get my mind. Uh, like it's it's so striking. The color it's rich, and it's like, oh my gosh, how did like where did this come from? Right. Again, culture rich world. Very intentional with who we choose to partner with. Very intentional with how we choose to work. And so I partnered with a friend of mine. He's a Nigerian. And he's in PEI, funny enough. Like, which he's in Prince Edward Island. But he, his name is Nii Adeogu. Um, and he's an amazing visual artist, amazing graphic designer. And so when I was looking to launch the brand, I'm like, okay, I need to find someone who, whose visual aesthetic matches the soul of the brand. Mm. Right. And remember what I said about wanting to create a brand that kind of communicated an, an elevated experience that kind of spoke to the soul of the diaspora without it being too like obvious. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And there's, and there's nothing wrong with the obvious. That's a part of the tapestry of cre- of African creativity. Mm-hmm. And he came to mind because whenever I visited his, his profile, I'm like, I it's it's very hard for me to articulate it, but you you visually capture it. Your designs, the way you play with colors, the way you play with dark skin, the way you play with texture, the way you play with layers. You are the guy, bro. <laughs> and so it was only, and we've also worked together before. He's designed some album artwork for me. Just a really solid guy. And so I reached out to him and said, bro, I want to bring you on as creative director for this first collection. Mm. And he was like, absolutely. So I just said, hey, here's, here's the thing. Part of the diaspora celebrate blackness, elevate it, and play around with the idea of a butterfly. Because a butterfly is the symbolic animal of Culture Rich World. It's in our logo. And um, after a couple of iterations, this is what we came up with. I picked the color for the crew neck because I, I just had a feeling like this kind of like a rustic thing would look really well. And he, he came up with the design and I saw it and I was like, this is why I reached out to you, man. That's it. And That's it. This is why, because you just, you just get it. <laughs> you feel me? And so... He came up with this design and with the two other designs which are going to be debuted later on this year. The scarf, that's like, oh my gosh, when you see the scarf, bro, you're going to be like, <laughs> you're going to lose your mind, bro. You're like, and he designed this. And then there's also a t-shirt design that's coming later. 
And once we're done with this collection, we're going to keep working with him on other collections, but we're also going to partner with other visual creatives again. Mm. And the hope is that this, we're telling their story, we're elevating them, and we're also putting some money in their pocket as well. Right. So all feeds into our mission of elevating um, those of us in the diaspora and telling our stories. No, that's that's amazing, man. Thanks for doing that. Cause um, you know, you have this platform where when you speak, people listen. So shining the lights on other people that are doing cool stuff that people might not know is something that's really, really welcome. Now, um with the outfits, how can people get them? Culturerichworld.com. It's very simple, straightforward culture. Spelt normally, rich, normally, world, culturerichworld.com. Mm-hmm. That's where all of, uh, all of the merch is. Okay, so man, Shokwe, I don't want to let you go, but I have to. <laughs> I know you are a busy, busy person and you have so many things on the go. But before I let you go, um, you grew up in Nigeria, moved over to a country that's freaking cold. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy cold, man. <laughs> um, you know, but you you made something, and despite what those kids said, you built this life for yourself. Um, there's a kid there, there's someone out there who's watching this episode and listening to this episode, and maybe they have self-doubt or they are not sure they should follow their passion. What would you share with such a person? Um, know who you are. You get what I'm saying? Like uh, yeah, know who you are. There's something unique and something valuable. We're all made in the image of God at the end of the day, I believe. You feel me? And so there's inherent worth and inherent inherent value. Uh, you have a skill and you can do things in a way that nobody else can. And I'm mm. speaking to whoever I'm talking to right now. You have a skill that you can execute in a way nobody else can. Do you get what I'm saying? Tap into that. Self-doubt is normal, so don't feel like you're an anomaly in that regard. Everyone deals with self-doubt. Everyone deals with fear. Everyone deals with imposter syndrome. The ones who succeed are the ones who are able to push past that and believe that what they have, you feel me, can actually serve somebody else. So I'll say there's two things. Number one, know who you are. Dig into that. And number two, um, I just I, I read this quote the other day that I was like, oh, that's so powerful. I'm going to take that. And it says, don't think about making a million dollars. Think about serving a million people. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it that way, guess what? You are going to make a million dollars. right? So as you dig into who you are and dig into your gift and your talents, don't just think, how can I use this to enrich myself? Think about it. How can I use this to serve people? You get what I'm saying? Because that is actually how you're going to build your audience and ultimately achieve success by serving others with your God-given gifts and talents. Whoa! <laughs> this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Again, congrats on the awards. Whatever it is you are cooking there in Atlanta. Actually, before I let you, why is it that when people want to make like something different, they just go, what is it in this Atlanta self? Like, what is there? Atlanta, Atlanta is a for Black Mecca. You know what I'm saying like Atlanta is one of those cities, one of those few cities in the United States where there's a heavy population of people of color, hmm. and a lot of the city, like, and a lot of them are in positions of authority and positions of power. You know what I'm saying so it's really a cultural hub, not the only hub, but it is a big cultural hub for people of color. And it's not just music either; it's music, it's tech, it's business, it's entrepreneurship. It's really yeah. almost everything. 
issue you can think about if you're a person of color and you're looking to connect with like-minded people to help challenge you and grow you and stretch you. And it's, again, it's not just for people of color, but for people of color, it's like, it's a gem because cities like Atlanta are not like ubiquitous. They're not all over the place. So there's some, definitely something special about this place. So it's like a more half. Yeah, because... All my friends, when they want to create a new film, uh, a friend of mine wanted to start like a new label, new th- I'm like going to Atlanta. And then they come back and it's magic. So whatever magic you're cooking there, I can't wait to share when it's out. So I want to say thank you so much for the time and thank you much for coming to the sanctuary today. Thank you for having me in the sanctuary. Appreciate it. Baba gonna arrange this to Baby, please don't leave me Oh, Come past my way, come past my town